Welcome to Success in Medicine. I'm Dr. Samir Desai. How important is U.S. clinical experience for international medical graduates or IMGs seeking residency positions? Very important. Without it, many residency programs will not consider your application. Even at those programs which do not have a requirement for U.S. clinical experience, having U.S. clinical experience will put you at an advantage. When two applicants with similar credentials and qualifications are compared, programs will most certainly favor the applicant with U.S. medical experience. In addition, letters of recommendation are one of the top-ranked criteria used by residency programs in making interview decisions. Letters of recommendation from U.S. faculty members and physicians can significantly strengthen the residency application. To secure such letters, the IMG must work with that physician in a capacity that allows him or her to evaluate the IMG in the same way that they would evaluate a third or fourth year medical student in the U.S. In terms of U.S. clinical experience, externships are preferred over observerships. Externships are known as hands-on U.S. clinical experiences. Observerships, on the other hand, are not hands-on, but they too can have value for the IMG. The American Medical Association defines an observership as, and I quote, a structured opportunity for an IMG to observe clinical practice in a variety of healthcare settings under the guidance of a physician mentor and to learn about the general structure, characteristics, and financing of healthcare delivery in the U.S. Knowing the importance of U.S. clinical experience, IMGs work hard to identify these opportunities. The process is challenging and time-consuming, not to mention frustrating for many applicants. In this episode of the Success in Medicine podcast, I'm excited to have with me Veena Sampat Kumar. Veena is an IMG who, following graduation from medical school, was able to identify and complete multiple observerships and externships in the U.S. She joins us today to provide us with insight and guidance on how to find these opportunities. Veena, thank you for being our guest on the Success in Medicine podcast. I want to start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, very good morning, Dr. Desai. I'm very happy to uh, join you with this podcast. Uh, a brief introduction about me. Um, I'm basically from India, and I went to the Caribbean to finish up my uh, medical studies. And after four years of medical school, I moved back again to India, and I was working for a year or so as an intern. And after I finished my work in India, I moved up to the United States, and uh, my journey for USMLE and uh, getting into externships and rotations and residency process started. Veena, you were able to arrange your first externship in the U.S. within just a few months of moving here. I know that our listeners would be very interested to know how you arranged the rotation so quickly. Can you tell us how it happened? Uh, yes, so uh, after coming here to the United States and uh, having decided to pursue residency, uh, I know that the first thing that I wanted to do was to 
get to know the system well. I wanted to do this first because uh, I noticed a lot of difference uh, in terms of the patient population, the diseases that I see, uh, not only in the Caribbean, but also in India. So there was a vast difference. So when I came to the United States, I wanted to first know the community and know the people and what are the most common presentations that they had. So I wanted to learn that first. And so the What's more important for this is to do rotations. I started searching in Google and uh, to know like how do I get into a rotation. And at the same time, I was also looking up into programs and what are they expecting out of IMGs. And most of them preferred externships. Externships give you hands-on experience and I wanted to start up with that first. So I did Googling and I got a list of companies that were actually organizing these externships for international graduates. So I spoke to each one of them. I had a list of questions made out for me, what I wanted, and I was looking up their responses and how they actually responded to my question and did they answer uh, my queries also effectively. And based on that, I was able to make a decision and I chose uh, my uh, rotations uh, from then on. When you sign up with a company, you can ask for a single rotation or multiple rotations. You decided to start with a one-month externship rather than commit to a longer period of time. Why did you feel that was important? Uh, this is very important for me because uh, I was spending money for this externships. It is expensive and it's not only expensive for me, I'm sure it's going to be expensive for all those who make a transition here to the United States. So for the money that I spent, uh, I wanted to make sure that the experience that I get was worth it. And uh, I was, I wanted to make sure that my goals and aims and objectives were going to be satisfied and I'm going to get what I want through those rotations. So I decided that I would pay for one month and start the rotation and see if I was promised uh, whatever uh, I had asked for was uh, given through those rotations. And uh, I started with one and I was satisfied with what I got and uh, it was pretty genuine and then I decided to uh, continue further uh, with uh, multiple rotations with the same organization. So given the expense involved, IMGs understandably want to know the details of the clinical experience before signing up. What mm -hmm. type of questions do you think it's important to ask these companies about the rotation? Uh, so, uh, like I said, uh, externships are more hands-on, right? So that means you should be able to interact with the patient. Uh, you should be able to do a history. You should be able to do a physical exam and then go talk to your preceptor, present it to them, uh, have a meaningful discussion, and then learn what you uh, have missed out and uh, how, how can you further improve. So that communication and interaction was the first thing that I aimed for. So when I talked to these uh, people who were uh, promising the rotations, I wanted to make sure that uh, I was able to do uh, the history and physical. Uh, and uh, that was the prime aim that I had. And uh, secondly, uh, uh, it's very important that you go there and you get the same day experience uh, over the entire duration. It should not, I do not want uh, an experience where uh, we were there, like it was fine for the first couple of days and then over a period of time, you're not going to get what you need. So I wanted that continuum and I wanted that uh, stability. And uh, 
the third thing is like LORs. This, these are very important. At the end of the day, uh, how do you tell a residency program that you uh, do uh, have the good experience that uh, they, uh, the program actually values upon? So the LOR is what that speaks about you and uh, personally you will get an opportunity work to work with a U.S. physician. So you get a, a genuine letter from a U.S. physician. So I was pretty uh, particular that I would be able to get an LOR from uh, the physician. So these were the three main important uh, categories, uh, questions that I had uh, and I asked each of these programs. And uh, apart from that, uh, I'm coming from a different country and uh, I want to stay in a place that uh, is going to uh, help me uh, move freely and uh, I do not know driving in my case. So I wanted to make sure that I was in a safe community and access to the clinic or the outpatient uh, setting or whatever. The clinical setting is going to be easier and I should not have should not be having issues because of those because I'm new to the country and new to the uh, community so I also uh, made sure that uh, I was able to have transportations or uh, I could make quicker transition to my clinic every day when I had to leave so these were very specific uh, conditions that I had and I wanted the uh, companies to answer and uh, these are I think important questions that every ING should ask before they uh, start up with a rotation. Before you can do an externship or observership, you had to complete paperwork. Can you share with our listeners the documents and information that are required? Uh, yes, so most uh, most of them they ask for your uh, CV because it gives you a general detail of where you did your medical medical education, your um, uh, personal uh, qualification, personal details, as well as your uh, professional experience. Apart from that, uh, some of them ask for your USMLE scores. It's not mandatory that you have completed all the steps, but if you have completed and you're willing to release whatever information you want about your USMLE, you can. Do that uh, and uh, immunization records these are very very important these are mandatory documents so my question would my uh, sorry my suggestion would be is when you when the company asks you to provide immunization records ask them what specific details do they want in the immunization record uh, there are a certain list of uh, vaccination titers or proof of vaccinations that is required in the United States uh, in order for somebody to do a rotation and uh, in order not to have breaks in your rotation uh, and uh, that is very important to ask them what are the immunizations that are needed and uh, what are there any other specific uh, requirements like for example some uh, some of them may need a PPD for TB or most of them may need a quantiferon test so make sure that you ask these questions and uh, you get a record uh, before you uh, uh, submit it to them, make sure you verify them and you can uh, submit and you can have a list in your hand and uh, this is not only going to help just for one rotation, it's going to help you like wherever you move on. So make sure that you have this clear um, list with the immunizations and definitely they need a copy of a diploma and as well as your transcript. So these are the major uh, uh, paperwork that is needed for all these rotations. You had such a good experience with your first externship that you decided to do a second externship, uh, again, uh, working with that 
same company. Now, these externships, both of which were, were very expensive, uh, costing several thousand dollars, but after that, you were able to arrange several more externships at a much lower cost. How did that happen, and what recommendations can you offer to IMGs looking for lower cost externship options? Uh, yes, so like I said, I started uh, with one month rotation and because I was satisfied with uh, the one month experience that I had with what these companies did for me, I continued my rotations with them. So I did another one month and this one month was in a different setting where I was able to meet more IMGs and I was able to interact with them. So I think that pro provided me an opportunity to uh, look out for um, further externships at a much uh, lesser cost because uh, we are paying so much for the rotation so it is very important to uh, know that if there are other options available for us to do similar to gain similar experience at a much lower cost so to achieve that it's very important to develop a rapport with the peers that we have with amongst us. So they were able to help me and guide me and uh, most of them had similar observership observership experience in the past. So they were able to give me like uh, details of uh, where they had been before and how they got to know and whom I can co potentially contact for similar opportunities. So I, I was able to make my further externships possible at a much lower uh, cost because of uh, my communication with uh, people around me. So I think this is it's very important to uh, talk to people around us. So it's not only going to be a learning uh, point for us, uh, we can share information with them and we can also spread our knowledge, what we have to them. So it's going to uh, help us get good friends over a period of time. And uh, that's that's a very important advice that I want to give to all IMGs. Uh, it's very important to communicate with people around us. Yes. Although you had a good experience with the clerkships you completed through the private company, some applicants have not been as satisfied. Can you tell us about any stories you've heard from your friends or colleagues? Uh, yes. So in one particular um, uh, rotation experience that I had, uh, there was a new candidate, an international graduate, that's how I should put it, who came in and uh, uh, she had paid through another company and uh, she was advised to go and start her rotation on that specific day at a particular time. So she came and she met the preceptor, but then uh, it was quite shocking for her to know that the preceptor was not informed of her arrival and uh, he was not given any details about her. So I think this is very, uh, very bad situation because we have paid uh, uh, the companies and uh, we are uh, believing them and we think that we are going to go and start a rotation with the preceptor and it's kind of quite embarrassing like when we, we are there in front of other people and the preceptor says, uh, they haven't uh, uh, told me anything and uh, they haven't made proper prior arrangements. So even though the preceptor in, the, in this particular case was very nice and he's, he was somebody who wanted to teach students, so he was uh, happy to accept her, but I think it's very important for us to make sure and confirm like 
before we go and start a rotation to ask these people that if they have actually let the preceptor know that we are coming uh, on so-and-so date at so-and-so time because it's very important sometimes they actually miss it and they don't let the preceptor know and we are at the end of the day in a very bad and awkward position so and in a way it also helps us to confirm our rotation and uh, uh, you know like we can go and start without any inhibitions so make sure before you go and start, talk to those people and make a find find out that if they have let the preceptor know that you're going to be arriving on that particular day. So it's very important. Yes. That's great advice. And I also want to talk about the neurology observership that you completed at a university program in the Midwest. Tell us how you learned about this opportunity and what the experience was like. Uh, so over a period of time, uh, all my experiences were externships and externships and externships, and most of them were an outpatient clinic. Uh, even though most of these outpatient clinics were affiliated with teaching hospitals, which also had residency program. So at one point of time, uh, all my experience had been experiences had been only in the outpatient setting. Now I wanted to move into an inpatient setting, and I know that it is very hard as an international graduate to get an inpatient externship opportunity. So I started talking to my preceptors with whom I had been doing all these rotations and uh, one of them actually advised me to go for observership. He said that even though observerships have their own uh, limitations, uh, they are going to be in university setting and even though we don't get to do the history and physical, we can actually go for rounds in an inpatient setting and know what inpatient management is all about and what do we have to learn in an inpatient setting. So that's how I decided to do an observership and I started looking out, again this was a Google search and um, and when you do Google search you can get a list of universities which actually offer observerships. It's very explicit in their website and you can go in and you can see what are their requirements and you can apply and you can start from there. So that's how I did uh, my neurology observation. Yeah. IMGs hope to secure strong letters of recommendation from their U.S. clinical experiences. How can IMGs impress during these rotations? Uh, yes, so uh, LORs are very important. So it's equally important that you make the preceptor write about you. So what that means is you have to show yourself the preceptor. Only then uh, the preceptor will also be interested in highlighting your personal qualities and let another person know uh, like who you are, what you can do, and what are your capabilities. This is very important because when you apply for residency programs, it's going to, you, you're going to apply to multiple programs and so many people are going to take a look at your application and they all don't know you. So it's your letter of recommendation from somebody who knows you is going to speak there. So for that, you have to first make sure that you show yourself to the preceptor with whom you're working. So show your interest. The first thing is you have to let them know that you have an interest to learn. And you have to be very honest there because when you don't know something, just tell them you don't know and you're willing to learn and ask them how to learn. So most preceptors are very interested when you're honest and you show that eagerness. And the second thing is uh, do presentations. Uh, like do your history, present it to the preceptor after you have 
have the discussion you take a topic for the day you read about it and you come up to the next day and you present it to the preceptor and that way he is going to tell you like what mistakes you have made and in which way you are also correct and you can also do powerpoint presentations you can select a certain topic and you can learn from that and i think i had a very good learning point through these powerpoint presentations because uh, in one of my rotations i did a powerpoint presentations and that's when i got introduced to this topic of evidence based medicine i think this is a very big concept that is uh being practiced in the united states as an international graduate we should we should know that uh we should not stop just with book treatment we have to uh learn a lot about research articles what is happening with the current treatment this day and we have to learn that we have to learn the uh um what to say the process of thinking in that way and i think i got to know this only by doing presentations during these rotations with my preceptor and uh, when you show yourself and this is who you are and when you're very genuine i think the preceptors will be able to um, know you you better and uh, it's going to give a honest impression of yourself and they are going to put that in the letter so your letter will not be a very generic one but a very specific one and talk about you uh, to someone who doesn't know you and this is very important for all ings to know uh, before they start a rotation and this is how i think you can get a good uh, letter of recommendation so staying on this point of getting good letters of recommendation i want to talk mm -hmm. about ings performing observerships so IMGs performing observerships are concerned that the nature of their rotation experience, the fact that it's not hands-on, will limit their ability to get strong letters of recommendation. What advice can you offer to these applicants? Uh, so, uh, yes, observerships give you this major limitation of not doing a history and physical. But uh, if you keep that to one side, there are a list of uh, advantages that you have with an observership so the first thing like i said is most of these observerships are a university program and when you are in an when you are an observer uh, you not only rotate in an inpatient uh, sorry in an outpatient setting you also get a chance to be in an inpatient uh, setting with the and the second thing is when you are in a uh, observership uh, you get a chance to uh, develop a rapport or meet not only different uh, preceptors but also residents and medical students uh, when you talk with residents uh, you get a different learning uh, point because you get to know what residency is all about what exactly the training is when you talk to the residents because they are going through the training and uh, they will be able to explain their system much better uh, than somebody like who is not into the system so you have that advantage and this and you have access definitely to electronic medical record even though you uh, cannot uh, talk to patient so from the electronic medical record it will be a read only access but you can definitely know about the patient what they have what diagnosis they have and uh, what have you learned from that so you can take things from the electronic record and you have a chance of uh, developing or starting a conversation with the preceptor or with the residents so that's going to give you another platform and you show yourself to them and uh, 
Another thing is most of these uh, preceptors at university program, they are involved in research. They do so much of research that it is another opportunity to involve yourself and show your interest in learning something new. So that's what I did. Uh, so observerships definitely give you uh, these opportunities. They open door for so many other things that you actually don't get as an externship. So well, some some uh, preceptors do does do have research opportunities during externships, but it's very competitive. Uh, but you have this opportunity a lot more when you go into uh, an observership program because it's a university setting and it's a large uh, area where so much research is all, is going on. So you will definitely have an opportunity there. And uh, finally, I would say that once they get to know you, you can still do a history. So you can be with medical students and you can still do a history and present it to the preceptor, even if you don't uh, get the chance to do a physical exam. So in my point of view, uh, even though observership has its own limitation, it has all these list of advantages and an IMG can make use of it. And this is definitely going to help you secure a good LOR, even in an observership setting. Pina, thank you so much for this look into the world of observerships and externships in the U.S. Your experience and knowledge are sure to be of great help to those IMGs that come after you in this process. Best of luck in the future, and I hope that I can have you on as a guest again in the future. For thank you, Dr. Desai. Thank you for giving me this uh, opportunity to uh, share my experience, and I hope uh, I'm able to help IMGs who are in the same journey as me. Yeah, thank you. This has been great, Bina, and I think that our listeners who process all of this great advice and recommendations that you have offered will really be set up to have a good experience, not just finding observership and externship opportunities, but making the most of these experiences. So I thank you very, very much. For more information about finding observership and externship opportunities in the U.S., please visit the IMG section of our website, thesuccessfulmatch.com. There you'll find a listing of available observership and externship opportunities categorized by specialty. There are also lists for IMGs who are currently in medical school, as well as lists for IMGs who have graduated from medical school. If you're enjoying the content of these Success in Medicine podcasts, I would really appreciate it if you would take a moment and visit the iTunes page of our podcast where you can rate and review our podcast. I would really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, I'm Dr. Samir Desai.